everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I've been doing some tie-dyeing. Seriously. I love tie-dyeing. Tie-dyeing is underrated. I encourage tie-dyeing. My son-in-law got these pants for me. These are like supposedly the cool golfing uh, attire. Mall, mall bond. I feel like an 80s Wrangler commercial. Boom, you know. But they're Malbon. Malbon is the name. This, this really hip guy from LA designed all this golfing wear. So I got these as a gift and they were sort of like see-through. So I'm going, Lisa, I can't wear these pants. I'm gonna tie-dye them. So I did, I did. I learned this technique, this Asian technique on YouTube about how to tie-dye. It's folding the garment, you know, really twisting the rubber bands a certain way, putting the garment on PVC pipe, then dipping it and rolling it in dye. Then of course, after that, you have to throw it into the washer and then the dryer. But tie-dyeing is pretty brutal. I mean, it, it, it doesn't look good most of the time. Yeah, when it comes out, I think it looks good. I think these are pretty cool. I know it's a fashion risk to wear it, but you know, I'll, I'll roll those dice. I, I, I enjoy that. So I just wanted to tell you, I've been doing a lot of tie-dyeing. So why don't you try it yourself? But these pants look good. They do. I was thinking about the word good because I use good a lot. I use good too much. I call things good that probably aren't good. How are you doing, Ed? I'm good. It's all good. Good, 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 that's good, good, good. That's a good steak, a good shot. That's a good program. That's a good business. It's good. I say that a lot. We say good a lot. Have you ever thought about how often we say good, good. Today I wanna talk to you about the fact that God is good. It's easy to say God is good, when things are going good. When the church is growing, when you're signing book deals, when you're getting clicks and likes and you're speaking at different conferences, at least for me, I say, wow, God is good. But how about when your daughter dies? Is God good then? I mean, is God good when things are going good? And also, is God good when things are going bad? It's a good question, isn't it? (laughs) That was good, a good question. Is God really good? The Bible says he is. I mean, I've been reading through the chronological Bible like many of you have, and you can start today if you've just heard about it. It's the Bible in real time and throughout the Old Testament. It talks about the goodness of God. All of this craziness with God's people going off the rails and and, and responding on one hand that God's good and then quickly going off the rails again and maybe God's not good, maybe God's holding out on us, yet I keep coming back to verse after verse after verse about the goodness of God. Psalm 119, 68, you are good and do good. 
Teach me, the Bible says, your statutes. The Lord is good to everyone. Have you ever thought that everyone is a recipient of the goodness of God, whether they know it or not? Being here on planet Earth, that's the result of the goodness of God. Breathing, that's the result of the goodness of God. Your heart beating, that's a result of the goodness of God. A sunset, a sunrise, trees, grass, flowers. It's the goodness of God. We don't always attribute that to God, but it is. I would say the only reason we know what good is is because of God. God is the OG, the originator of good. I wrote this down in my Bible. June 23rd, I walked from a meeting into a parking lot and I was trying to find my car, which for me, I'm so directionally challenged, is always something that is, is um, difficult for me. But I found my car and I was getting into my car and a guy from the meeting, a guy that I've known for several years who lives in the Southeast, his name is Bart. He came up behind me, he goes, Ed, I, I want to say something to you. I said, great. I could tell he was teary. And he said, I follow you on social media. He said, I'm so sorry to hear about your daughter because I cannot imagine the pain that you're going through. I looked at him and I said, Bart, you're so kind. Thank you. Thank you for that. I said, it is a nightmare. But I said, along with this nightmare, along with the pain, there's another track of, of joy and quite frankly, the goodness of God. I, I, I can't explain it, but that's the deal. Then he pivoted in the conversation and he starts talking about some, some of his friends. He said, I have some friends, they have three kids. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I wonder where he's going with this. He said that the father's in his 30s and he was just diagnosed with ALS which is uh, horrendous, usually leads to death. He said not only that, his wife, a beautiful girl, just had a double mastectomy, and then they have three little kids. And he looked at me and he began to cry. This guy's not a crier, he's a man's man. He was like, if God if God allows something like that for people that good, I don't want to play on his team. So he's telling me that in this parking lot, it's about 98 degrees. And I'm thinking, God, what do I say? It was a quick microwave prayer. What do I say to him? 
Put yourself in my shoes. What would you say to him? I'll probably address what I said to him next week, but, but I want to sort of set the table for my answer in today's talk. Is that a deal? God is good. You might want to jot this down. When things are good. Number two, God is good when things are bad. But let me go back to my, my friend's comment about God. He was saying and asking in a unique way the classic question. You've all heard it. We've all said it. I've said it. How could a good God allow suffering in the world? I've thought that. I've asked God that question. So have you. To me, it's fascinating that men tend to articulate that more so than women. I know women think it, but men actually say it. I think we say it because we have a vested interest in keeping God out of our lives. We want to do the Heisman, you know, with, 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 with God. We, it's part of being a man in our autonomy and our sin nature. Man, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm going to pave my own path. I'm going to carve my own course. I'm going to be the ruler, the God, lowercase g, of my life. It sounds really deep, the question. And maybe on one hand it is. I majored in Bible. Four years of seminary. I did some doctrinal work. I've read for 30 years now some of the great theologians and thinkers of our day. And quite frankly, it's a major question. It has infinite implications. If you're a, if you're a student here, I'm going to tell you, your teachers, your professors will hammer this and, and, and ambush you with this question and this statement or something like it. In fact, we'll probably deal with it for the rest of our lives. You, you will deal with it, so will I. How could a good God allow a building to collapse? How could a good God allow all of the children in hospitals around our nation and world to die today? Where is God? People always ask that question when a tragedy strikes. They never say, where is the devil, do they? We always want to blame God. Why would a good God or if God is good. In other words, God's not good. 
As I said, good to us is pretty much circumstantial. If everything is flowing well in our relationships, in our marriage, if if I'm making a lot of money or I get to travel there or drive this or live at that zip code, God is good. I'm blessed, we say. But so often, and I'm talking about churches around here in our nation, they rarely deal with these deep, tough, theological issues like suffering. What happens when we don't get the breakthrough? What happens when we don't get the miracle? What happens when I pray for this person for years and they die? What happens when your daughter passes away? in your arms. Where, I, I gotta ask the question, where's God? Why God would you allow, oh, I thought you were good God, I thought you were righteous and holy, why would God allow bad things to happen to good people? How about this one? Why did God create evil, Ed? I can answer that real quick. He didn't. Let me say it again. God did not create evil. Evil is the absence of good. Back in Genesis chapter three, you have Adam and Eve in a perfect environment. We have a free will. God's given us a freedom of choice. Sometimes people say, well, why is there sin? Why is there suffering? Why is there chaos in our world? I mean, just look around. Our world is going nuts. The result is, the reason is, it's the fallenness of man. We have chosen to go our own way. We have a freedom of choice, and I'm thankful that God did not Make me, back in the 70s, remember that dance, the robot? I could do it a little bit. God did not make me as a robot. He could have. He could have made all of us as a robot. God could have made us like, okay, everything is good all the time. Good, 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 good. We have a freedom of choice. And man chose to go his own way. Adam and Eve did. In fact, if you look at the first temptation, the first thing that the devil messed around in Adam and Eve's head had to do with the goodness of God. Hey, Adam and Eve, God's, God's holding out on you. I mean, he's not really good. He's not really good. I mean, didn't he say, the devil said, you weren't supposed to touch any fruit on any tree? Of course, that's a lie. God's holding out on you. And they go, no, 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 it's just, just that one tree. Man chose to pivot, to turn, and to do what he wanted to do. And that attitude is called sin, S-I-N. I'm a natural born sinner. I've turned from God. It's in my nature, it's in your nature. It's just what I do. Obviously, we have great potential for good. We're made in God's image, no question about it. 
but we're sinners. So why we discover we don't live by God's explanations? You're not gonna find a lot of explanations in the Bible. We don't have the bandwidth to receive it, to understand it. We don't even know what good really is. I mean, we do in our limitations, in our little pea brains, but, but the goodness of God is so big and so vast and so mighty and so gargantuan, we can't even really comprehend it. That's how good God is. He's good. His goodness is intrinsic. It's who he is. All of our goodness is measured by certain things. Oh, I'm a lot gooder than her. I'm a lot gooder than him. You ever do that? I do. Oh man, I'm better than him. I'm better than her. We have this amazing ability, don't we, to compare ourselves with people that we deem not as good as we are. Yet, God is good and his goodness is intrinsic. As wet is to water, as heat is to fire, goodness is to God. He, he, he doesn't need to perform to be good, he just is. It's the isness of God. Obviously God has this attribute, the goodness of God, and he acts, he initiates, and that's the gospel. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The word gospel in the original language means good news. So I'm here to tell you, I woke up this morning, put my dogs in the crate, left the house to announce to you, our God is good. He is good when good things are happening and he is good when bad things are happening. God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Give us, Lord, this daily bread. Amen, dig in. I love that prayer. When I was a little kid, man, I could just roll with that. And I used to think, well, God is good, God is good, God is good, and when I was small, I just accepted it. Went to church, cut my teeth on the pews of a Baptist church, God is good. He's good, he's good, he's good, he's good. But I started experiencing some bad stuff as I got older. I started experiencing some evil. I started experiencing people doing things that I wouldn't even articulate here. And man, is God good? I remember thinking that as a little kid. Is God really good? Again, man's good is based on circumstances. And our standard would be away from God, just the goodness in other people's lives. The only good that we have in the world comes from God. The only good, if God was to remove his hand off of our world, it would go into mayhem in a nanosecond. It's just the goodness of God that we're here. And once again, everyone experiences the goodness of God. When I say the goodness of God, I'm saying that God's goodness is intrinsic, it's, it's who he is, but God always acts 
in accordance to what is right and true and good. Many times in my life, I don't always know what is right and true and good. That's where I have to trust God. That's where I have to say, God, I know you're not going to explain it to me. I know I don't have the capacity to understand it because I don't. I trust you. I stand on your promises. The fact that you are good, that's where faith comes in. That's where assurance comes in. That's where hope comes in. I, God, believe you're God and you have, are you ready for this? A good plan for my life. The good life is the God life. We're gonna get, you know, tackled. <laughs> we're, we're gonna fumble the ball. We're gonna, we're gonna mess up. We're gonna have suffering. We're gonna have turmoil. Within it all though, God has a good plan for your life. And when I say good, I'm talking about on a holy nother level. That's what I'm talking about. And I know I use that phrase too much and my family will text me on my way home from church. Dad, dad, what are you doing saying whole nother level again? You've been saying that for 20 years. I'm sorry, I just like it, I'll say it. Whole nother level, I used to say that a lot and they got me away from it. Now I say holy nother level. You know, another pronunciation is you can say a whole nubba level or a whole nava level. I've studied this. I know, I know, I know how to, how to say it. H&L, I'm fighting hell. Ringing the bell, almost fell. Anyway, I'm a rapper as well. If you've not seen, if you've not seen my hip hop videos, just, just uh, go to my YouTube channel. I think I have one, don't I? I think I have one. Yeah, I have, I, I think so. I do? Yeah, just, just type in Ed Young, whatever, rap. It'll, it's very embarrassing, but I enjoy doing it. <laughs> Number one, God is good. God is good. It's who he is. It's the isness of God. God is good. No matter what, God is good. Number two, here we go. This is, this is gonna be deep here, this next phrase. It's the last thing I'm gonna say under this. We are not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said it earlier a little bit, but, but we're not good. I'm not good, you're not good. I want you to say this with me. This will be very freeing for a lot of us. On the count of three, I want you to say, I am not good. One, two, three, I am not good. <sighs> I'm a sinner. As I said, it's my nature, it's what I do. I have great potential for goodness, but I'm separate from God. Well, how, how bad is sin? It must be bad because one sin got this whole program off the rails back in Genesis chapter three. The Bible says in Mark 10, 18, there's no one good except God. There is no one righteous, not even one. Ouch. For all have sinned, we have a choice, right? and fallen short of the glory of God. One of the ways to understand the goodness of God, how good he is, how good the gospel is, is to understand our sin nature. 
And we don't really talk about it as much. We're sinful. God is righteous. He's good. Unrighteousness and righteousness can't even travel together with God. God is so holy. He's so just. He can't even look at sin or wink at it. What did God do? Again, the goodness of God. And the Bible says this in Romans chapter two, verse four, knowing the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The reason that you become a follower of Christ and I become a follower of Christ is the goodness of God. In our badness, God in his goodness formulated a good plan sending Jesus to live for 33 years, die on the cross, and on the cross you have the justice of God and the mercy of God holding hands. He was buried and rose again. The gospel is not just about the forgiveness of God through Christ, it's not. That's part of it. The other part is we receive the goodness of God, the righteousness of Jesus. If it was just about forgiveness, Jesus could have died on the cross for our sins when he was two. He lived perfectly. He performed in a pristine manner. He was totally righteous. He was good. Because of that, sin must have a payment. God poured out his wrath his judgment on the shoulders of his son, the wrath and judgment that I deserve for my sins, that you deserve. Jesus rose again and he offers us, it's our choice, eternal life. That's why Romans 5, 8 says it this way, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God is good. God is good when things are good. God is good when things are not good. Even if we don't understand it, this is not the final chapter. And that's hard to hang on to. I understand. I'm, I'm still in this grieving process. But I'm telling you, God is good. Well, the Cowboys are starting their season. <laughs> Let's go to the Super Bowl this year. Do you want me to do a humble brag for you? I love humble brags. In kind of a random situation, recently I, I, I FaceTime, I'm serious, with Dak and Ezekiel Elliott. It's kind of weird, but I did. They were very nice. Post that. <laughs> Isn't it funny we love to mention celebrities? Whenever you mention celebrities like I did, it means you just don't know them really well. And whenever you see a picture of someone with a celebrity, that means you really don't know them. Think about that. But let's go back to Dak, okay? 
I don't know if you know this or not. Now, now again, guys, please listen to me. We're gonna use our imaginations quickly. This is not real. In the first service, I used this illustration and I think some of the guys were like, really? No, guys, pay attention, pay attention, please. Please, I beg you. Hypothetically, Jerry Jones and a couple of owners got together on Jerry's yacht. Again, use your imagination, okay? And they said, you know, the Hall of Fame is, is too easy. Everybody's getting in. Let me stop. I think the Hall of Fame is great. This is an illustration. I'm so happy Coach Jimmy Johnson got in and Troy and all the other people. Cliff Harris, I know Cliff. He's a great Christian guy. Awesome, okay? That's another humble brag, but I know Cliff well. <laughs> but I'm not hating on, see, I'm not hating on the Hall of Fame. Back to the imagination. They're like, these, these owners, the Hall of Fame, everybody's getting in. Let's, let's come up with a new, a new standard. And, and, and a jury goes, the Hall of Perfection. Oh, that's pretty good. Help me there, Jerry. <laughs> so they come up with this Hall of Perfection. And Jerry and, and some of these owners will pay a billion dollars if you get in. One big boy. So the players are freaking out. They hold the ubiquitous press conference. And Jerry is front and center. Don't you love these sports reporters? I love them. They've never played a down of football in their life. They've never even walked into basketball court and they're the experts. I really laugh, it's just funny. And I know we have some sports reporters here and that's great, but it's just, it's just kind of funny to me. I don't know why. And see, guys don't laugh. When I joke about football, we take it so seriously, guys don't even laugh. It's okay to laugh. Okay. They're asking in this fake press conference, Jerry, this question. Uh, Jerry, Mr. Jones, what do you have to do to get into the Hall of Perfection? Jerry goes, play perfect football. <laughs> oh, help me. I said perfect because Jerry messes up words all the time. <laughs> you guys aren't with me. Perfect. I like how he calls Troy Aikman, Troy Akerman's. Michael Irvin's. Oh yeah, he messes up stuff all the time. I love it. My father's the same way. They're from the same part of the country. So Jerry says you got to play perfect football. I hate to tell you this, but rumor has it that Dak Prescott, who might be in the Hall of Fame one day, is the first guy who said, it's on social media, I am going to get into the Hall of Perfection. Dak has said that. Dak, I got some bad news for you, man. I love you, but I got some bad news. I checked your stats. You only completed, in your career, you completed 66% of your passes. Dak, you've thrown 40 interceptions. I hate to dash your dreams, Dak. Alliteration. <laughs> You're not gonna make it. There's nothing you can do to bring your stats up to perfection. 
Stop it, quit it. You're not going to make it. This book says there are a couple of ways to get into heaven. Did you know that? You might have heard someone say there's one way. No, no, no. There's two ways. First way is God's hall of perfection. God says, if we're perfect, if we play flawless football in the game of life, if we perform righteously, if we're totally good, if we have no turnovers or pick sixes, or if we don't miss any tackles and score every time we touch the ball, no incompleted passes, if you're perfect, God's going to say when you move from this side of the dirt to the other, welcome to heaven. You perform your way in. You're perfect. That's the first way that we get in. And the Bible tells us that most people are on that perfection performance plan. It says it from cover to cover. You're not going to get to the right place if you're on the performance plan. Because one bad mood, one sin, one off day, one sin of omission or commission, one missed tackle, you're done. Plan A is in the trash. What did God do? He gave us plan B. It's not an inferior plan, it's the grace plan. God saw that we can never, ever make up the deficits. We have sin stats, and they're not gonna change. God saw that, and plan B is the grace plan, this unmerited favor, our God is so good. He sent Jesus to experience hell so we can experience heaven. That's how good God is. But some of you, I know, you still think you can perform your way in. It's not gonna happen. That's how good God is. There's another way. The good life is the God life. And the good life happens when we understand the God life, which is trashing plan A and going to plan B. Then we all realize here and forever the goodness of God. These pants, let me go back to these pants. Tie-dyeing is ugly most of the time. From our perspective, it doesn't look good. But as it goes through the twists and the turns and the dye and the heat, when I took these pants out of the dryer, I'm like, Wow, these look 
good. So as you walk with the Lord, you're gonna have times where things don't look so good from your perspective or mine. I've been walking through this. They don't look good. Twists and turns and we're tied up in the heat and the tumbling. But one day, the garment, your life and mine, will be presented to our good God. And he'll say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, you're so good. You're good, God, when we don't even think you're good, but you're good. I pray, God, that many people here would trash plan A and go to plan B, your grace plan, that you would just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. And the moment you ask Christ to come into your life, all of your sinful stats are transferred to Christ's shoulders. And then his goodness and righteousness is given to you. And when God sees you, he sees the goodness and the righteousness of Jesus. Others of us here, we're going through bad times, maybe in a marriage, maybe in a relationship with a child. Maybe we've gotten a bad scan from the doctor. Maybe someone is dying or someone died unexpectedly. We trust you, God, even though we don't understand it. We stand on your promises that you're good. And one day, you will look at us and we'll see this situation and see your hand in it and know that all things, whether good or bad, you work together for good. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.